Peak Wealth Management proudly presents the Trust the Plan podcast with Nick Hopwood and Jim Pilot, where we believe by providing education and guidance, we can help you retire with peak confidence. Now, here are your certified financial planners, Nick and Jim. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Trust the Plan podcast. My name is Nick Hopwood, and we are joined today by a special guest, Olivia Atkin. Olivia is the host and founder of the Achieving Success podcast. She's also a coach, an author, and she's had tremendous success in her early career here. And I hope that you enjoy her story, and I hope that you're ready to be inspired. Well, at this point, I'd like to welcome Olivia Atkin to the show, uh, podcaster, author, coach, speaker. Welcome, Olivia. Thank you for having me on the show. I'm super excited. We're happy to have you here. So... Tell us, how did you transition? I got to go back to the beginning. Transitioning from the corporate world into being an entrepreneur, having starting your own business, owning your own business, and coaching people in that world as well. I think what really started, started for me, and as we talk it, about transitioning, is the word transition. I think we're all transitioning and changing at any given point. And the things that we learn today can be used in what we end up doing five years from now. So I want to take it a step farther and talk about, you know, I really started after or while I should say while I was in undergrad at Quinnipiac University, working for a professional sports team. That is what when I was in college, I thought I was going to be doing the rest of my life. I had managed sports teams in high school. I was managing our D1 hockey program for men and women. Um, and then I became an intern for the New York football giants, where I ended up working for them for six seasons. And so for me, you know, at that point, I was gaining skills in the sports world. I was a business um, management major with a dual minor in sports studies and law, but I really knew in the core of me that I wanted to be in sports. And what started as I transitioned out of sports and managing different athletes on different projects was the conversation that I'd like to understand how all the moving pieces fit together. So I always, when I had an athlete come to me about an event they wanted to host or a charity they wanted to do a fundraiser for. I'd be like, okay, now we have to see how all the pieces fit together and we have to understand how we're going to make this work in the most effective way possible. And so coincidentally, I decided to go back to school and get my MBA in 2019. I did the two-year program in two semesters, which I say was God to some extent looking out for me because that's when COVID hit. Um, so it really gave me a time to kind of pivot, um, gave me the time to learn a lot about myself and what I wanted to do. And while I was completing my degree in that spring semester, I got a concentration in supply chain management and my fall semester, I had taken a few classes because again, condensing a two-year MBA program to two semesters. You got to take a lot of classes. Um, so I'd taken a few and I'd learned about the Association for Supply Chain Management. And we didn't have one on campus as a student org. And I was like, why not? 
why don't we have this organization? So I started the organization and through conversations with international ASCM, through conversations with advisor, you know, advisors within the supply chain industry, I realized all those moving pieces is really what supply chain professionals had to deal with. It's not just getting your product somewhere or your service somewhere. It's how do you get it to the people? How is that customer service going? You have to think about a lot of moving pieces in it. And so for me, I started to transition from sports to the supply chain part. And as I transitioned, I tried to also help other students really identify what was working for them and not just what the norm was. But in doing that, I went into working in corporate for Lockheed Martin. I was very fortunate to get a job out of their Sikorsky division, which is their helicopter division, as a master scheduler. So I also oversaw the production schedule of the helicopters we made. And I got to sit on the state of the Connecticut Supply Chain Board and their international board. And through those experiences and then coming back and teaching career development, I got approached to write a book on career development by Kendall Hunt Publishing. They were looking for someone who was relatable, who had been through a lot of different experiences themselves and could connect with the reader and what, you know, career development growth can really look like. And so I decided to go down the journey of writing a book and helping as many different people as I can get those tools and resources, whether you were in college and taking it as a college course or if you went to Barnes and Nobles and decided whether you were an 18-year-old looking for your first job or that 50-year-old stuck and wanting to transition, but it had been so long since you applied for a role or thought about networking or thought about career growth, that you just want something to pick up and understand. Um, and we ended up writing, I ended up writing that book in three weeks. Um, You're kidding. And the book is called Achieving Success and Career Development, correct? Correct. Excellent. And that book really is what transitioned me, as we talk about transition and how everything came to me, into these, this coaching and podcast world. Um, because through that process, we were originally not supposed to release the book until November 2022. And like I said, I wrote the book in three weeks. So we ended up releasing it uh, July, 2022. And at the end of the process, my project manager for my book came to me and we had a Zoom call just like this. And she goes, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? And the idea had never crossed my mind at that point. And I was super busy with everything I had on my plate you know, volunteering for different organizations, working full-time for Lockheed Martin and trying to grow professionally within that space and then teaching and every, and just trying to have a work-life balance that I was like, well, I haven't thought about it, but I never thought about writing a book either. Um, do you have a podcast division? And she said, no. And to <laughs> me at that point, podcast, I'm thinking, okay, well, I'll get within their podcast division. I'll do episodes, they'll pay me and it'll be great. Um, if that's what the opportunity is and it aligns with what I'm trying to do, but they didn't. So I said, thank you for the idea. But at this point, this is not what I want to do. And it never, for that point in the beginning of July until September, 
it was out of mind. Um, in the beginning of September, I decided not to go back and teach. And one thing that kept coming back into my mind as I was now no longer teaching was the idea that success and what a lot of professionals, especially young professionals, deem as successful is myth, right? We have this idea, and especially with social media, that achieving success is a straight line. And once you hit it, you've gotten it, and there's no more growth you need. You've checked the box, you're successful. And if you take all the right steps from A to B or A to C, you don't have to worry about anything else, whether that looks like going from high school to college to graduating with your degree and getting your first job and then climbing the ladder. You're now set. You make the money you want to make. You're happy. And that's all you need to do. When in reality, as the three of us very much know, that is not true. There's all the ups and downs in between on that journey. So I really wanted to have a podcast that kind of had that discussion, the unfiltered discussion about what people's success looked like to them. And from that, um, the show Achieving Success with Olivia Akin was founded to have celebrities, professional athletes, entrepreneurs, business owners, or employees come on and talk about what success means and looks like to them today in their personal and professional life, the things they've learned along the way and their journey of life. And we became the top 10% most listened to podcast in the world within 18 weeks. And I think a big part of that was the fact that people were able to connect with our listeners on not just the topic of what we were providing, whether it was a military veteran or, you know, an NFL athlete, it was their experiences they went through. Because in one point in our lives, we've all been through or felt a similar way that the guests were feeling in those moments they were talking about. And from that, I ended up building the same day our first podcast episode launched November 1st, 2022, is the same day I launched the overarching company, Achieving Success LLC. And the whole point of Achieving Success was I'd already had the book with the title Achieving Success in it. We had a podcast that was going to go live with Achieving Success. And as a business major, I'm thinking branding. And if I continue to grow, what can I be doing? And that third piece of what I can be doing to help others was that coaching and speaking to be able to bring that not just from a book level or a podcast, but a one-on-one level to help others achieve their goals. I love the title Achieving Success. Uh, and like you say, it can mean a lot of different things to different people. And it reminds me of when we started the podcast, it used to be called Finding True Wealth. And there's that parallel that, you know, true wealth can mean different things to different people. So Olivia, what, what, and I love the fact that you're paying it forward, like how you just told that story where, you know, you're finding success and you wanted to, you know, share more stories and, and I, so many questions. When you think about achieving success for yourself, right? Would you can you share what that what what you think about that in your own life? I think for me at this point in my life, achieving success is helping as many people as I can through my business while still growing my personal relationships. So I think sometimes in identifying success we look at it as we can only hit one bucket 
of the five buckets or how many buckets you have in life. For me, achieving success, I have a few buckets. One bucket is within my business. And that is, it isn't about the monetary money my business brings in. It's not about, you know, how many views my podcast gets. It's how many people, whether I know it or not, have I been able to positively positively affect either through them listening to the podcast, through me coaching them and helping them grow, and them meeting their successful marks. And then within my personal life, for me at this point, it's being able to be there in the important moments of whether that's for me or family members or friends, being there when they need someone to be there for them, but then also having those moments of pure joy in, you know, the silly things like driving, a, you know, just roaming around listening to music in your car um, with your friends or going on that last minute date. It's making time for everyone. And I think that's so important. And there have been times in my life or due to my career or what I thought success looked like that I wasn't always able to do that. Um, and that's a big thing too, is that your success buckets, as I have been calling them today, um, your success buckets can really change over time. And that's just as okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think that makes a lot of sense. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, I actually like that a lot. You know, I think it's so easy to, to fall in the trap of feeling successful only if one of those buckets is full, right? If you appear to be doing well financially or, or whatnot, but for a lot of people and, you know, myself included, I think there's a lot of those other priorities that you want to be successful in. So I like the the visual you give with the bucket approach there. It's funny. I watched the Arnold Schwarzenegger special on Netflix, the first episode last night, and he tells the story about how, you know, he set goals for himself and he wanted to come to America and be Mr. Universe. And he was like, no, like number one in Europe. And then he came to the US and he was number two and he just felt devastated, right? It's like, you know, he's still number two. And then, you know, but that fueled him to want to be number one. And, you know, whether it's ego or or whatever, um, it's funny how, right, the target changes. Like you, you start in one area and then you want to be number one in the next. Um, it, re- it reminds me of, a, you know, having a blueprint for your house, right? Like you know, you set these bucket goals or, 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 you know, the vision for your future, where you want to be. And we know that if we write down our goals, they're more likely to, you're more likely to reach your goals. How do you work with people on, you know, getting that architecture set up and setting one, three, five, 10 year goals when you're working with people one-on-one? So really it goes two different approaches when I work with someone one-on-one, especially on that goal aspect. The first thing I always am mindful of is, you know, sometimes we all say things, right? And we think it is what our goals should be or what we want to achieve. But a lot can be said in silence or in body language. So the first thing I do with any of my clients is I want to hear their story from them. What makes them happy or joyful? I should really say joyful because happy, you know, isn't always constant. You can be joyful in whatever you're doing, though, if it brings you satisfaction, if you feel connected to it. 
So I always try to connect with them first and I want to hear their story. And what I end up finding out is one or two things. They are looking at, there's someone who, when they have a vision in mind, they look long-term. So their goal is a big circle, but they don't know how to get to the smaller goals of those small circles that make up the big circle. Or they're looking very at the small circle, but don't know how the small circles apply to the big circles and that one big circle. So through that body language, through that conversation, I'm able to gauge the way they're seeing things and where the, I don't want to say disconnect, but where they're able to not necessarily reach the full potential in their goals. A lot of times what you end up seeing is with those people who think big circle, you get so lost in that 10 year plan, as you said, right? what's the 10 year goal? This is what I want to reach that you just don't know which circle to start off at to get to that 10 year mark. And you don't identify that with every small circle that that big circle gets a little smaller, but also that big circle might change along the way. And so what I do is with those clients, I go, okay, this is your big circle. Now, what's all the small circles that we're looking at? What are all the, that, those things we can get done in three weeks? What are those things we can get done in a month? What is achievable? And now let's set a timeline for those goals. And the reverse kind of happens with my individuals who have the small circles. I say, okay, now what's our timetable again with those small circles? And what are... By achieving that small circle, what can you do next? And then through that conversation, we find out what the big circle is. Excellent. Uh, I think sometimes it helps to start at the one year or sometimes start at the 10 year. And then once you've done both of those, then you go, you know, kind of go back and forth and mm -hmm. go from big circle to small circle. And, you know, it just helps put it in a little bit of perspective. I like the word they use joyful as well. Um, we often ask, you know, what's, what's important to you, right? What do you value most? But I think that joyful is a good word as well. Uh, earlier, you mentioned one of your goals, right, is to pay it forward. And I understand that you have a big opportunity to do that in the next few weeks. Could you share and elaborate on, on that? Yes. Yeah, so I am going to be a TEDx speaker. Um, I'm speaking in Dallas, Texas on August 19th. Um, and that opportunity came up with the goals I had set. I, you know, the TED conferences and TEDx speaking is not something a lot of people get the opportunity to do, um, especially speakers or knowledge experts in their field can work their whole life without ever getting the opportunity to be a speaker. Um, and I joke too, um, a year ago at this point, I just released a book and being a podcaster had come up in passing and I, it, it went in one year and out the other, as I say. And we're sitting a year later and I am ending and a better way I should say this is I started, my birthday is August 27th. 
Um, so I started my 28th year of life and I always kind of say, what, what is something I can focus on? Um, and for me, a podcast or a business was not even in that conversation when I was going into my 28th birthday. It was passing one of the biggest certifications you can get in supply chain management, growing within corporate, um, and just making a lot of time for friends and family. And a year later, I'm closing out that 28-year uh, circle around the sun with my own business, have left corporate. Um, a podcast that people, be, I've been thankful enough that people have really connected to and getting the opportunity to speak on a platform that a lot of people listen to and hold a lot of weight within my industry. And for me, I'm just so thankful for that opportunity um, because I've learned in it what that process is to even be asked to be a speaker. Um, and what the amazing part of it too is it's just not me being a speaker it's the real commodity commodity you and connections you make while going through that process um and the other speakers that i will be lucky enough to share the stage with have all gone through experiences of their own of resiliency and really diversity to come together and talk on different topics of leadership, you know, growth, resiliency. And I'm just privileged to be able to do it. And especially while my business and what I'm doing is in such a growth phase, an introduction phase, as we look at the business cycle. How exciting. I mean, you say most people you know, don't get a chance to be invited to TED. I mean, let's talk about 99.99999% of people won't be in their entire career, me included. I don't, I don't expect to be getting that call anytime soon. So congratulations and good luck on that. I really hope it goes well for you. That's fantastic. Thank you. So Olivia, uh, I, I almost forgot to uh, include a shout out to Erica for uh, connecting us. Tell us about how Erica Ox came to be the uh, the guest on your third podcast. Um, I guess, you know, that was several months ago at this point, but but if you remember about that episode, can you tell us uh, uh, how that came to be? So Erica is a wonderful human being. She is currently the president of the international Cap Alpha Theta, um, Greek Life, fraternity and I am a cap alpha theta um so when starting the show and I'd reached out to Erica prior to the first episode going live um I had reached out to Erica as someone who had gone through Greek life um had a little bit of a different experience in Greek life than even the Greek life community would think because for me I wasn't just a part of Greek life. I was a part of my college sports programs. Um, I was a part of different business organizations and sat on the committee with the dean of my school within my university. I had a lot of obligations. So 
I didn't make as many connections with my sisters that I possibly could have. Um, and that was partially due to just how busy I was. Now, my sisters were amazing. They understood, you know, especially after my sophomore year and I started working for the Giants that I couldn't always be around. But they made it a point that when I was around to make me feel included, um, there's a big side of Greek life too that you don't necessarily hear as much in the news of the giving back, the, you know, different philanthropy aspects, and then paying that forward over time. And so when I graduated college, I moved back to South Jersey. And right as I left, you know, you fill out a form that says, hey, where are you moving to? How can we stay in contact with you? Like all the alumni stuff you do wherever you go. And I filled that out and U of Penn needed a advisor. And I got a call within a week of graduating. I graduated a semester early. So I graduated December. 2016 and they were like would you become an advisor and I was like of course if I can provide something to these women whether it's a sounding voice or just helping them within Greek life and pay that forward I'll do it um and I've been an advisor ever since so we're on you know year nine now and I help I've helped three separate universities always two at the same time and I sit as the president of our one of the alumni groups and so when I started my podcast it was really important for me to have someone on who can talk about what Greek life is like but not you know the typical aspects of Greek life how Greek life built them up as the person they are today and I reached up out to Erica because she's really you know, passionate about what she does professionally. She's passionate about the people in her life and she's passionate about giving back. And when we talk about those buckets again, those are her, if you look at it, she has more than three buckets, but those are three very important buckets to her. Um, so I ended up having her on the show. She was our third guest. She was an amazing guest. And when we talk about, you know, building connections and your network, I always say, you never know who you meet today or the connection you build with someone, what that will lead to down the line. And Erica is definitely an example of that. Um, through Erica, I've gotten a guest for my show who she has reached out to me and been like, I think this person, you know, would be an amazing woman spotlight on your show. And she, that person that Erica recommended for me actually ended up being our first international guest. Um, which was wonderful. Um, Erica then recommended me and for us to connect and maybe a guest on this show. So she has been a wonderful human and supportive of my journey. And that's one thing that I've always been passionate about with other people. So it's so nice. It gets reversed and you don't always expect it. Well, that's the power of networking right there, isn't it? Mm -hmm. I yeah, I, I, I believe uh, wholeheartedly in networking. Absolutely. You never know when you're going to get the, the next door open for you. And I say that's the really important thing. A lot of individuals look at networking as a one for one, right? If I do one thing for you, you should now at some point, whether it's today or five years from now, you're going to owe me one, right? It's that <laughs> ideal mentality. 
Um, and I use the example of when I worked in sports a lot uh, with young professionals of how do you look at networking? For me, I say my network is my net worth, right? The people I surround myself with, those, whether that's friends, family, you know, working relationships, all those people add value to you and cha might change your insight, but they are just as much a part, no matter the area of your life they're in, that can add or take away your growth. So the people you surround yourself with are just as important because that will alter maybe how you act in certain environments. And I, when working in sports and even now after managing athletes, after working for a sports team, I get a lot of messages on LinkedIn or if I go and speak at a university of, I saw you worked in sports. I've worked with a few different sports teams. Um, I love the New York Giants. I want to get a job there. Can you get me a job? Can you, can you submit my resume to the person within this department? Or it'll be, you know, the Trenton Thunder, who is an affiliate sports teams of the New York Yankees. And I did stuff with them. And they'll be like, I want to get into baseball. Get me a job at the Trenton Thunder. And immediately, those are the people that get written off. I will never... <laughs> because you're already trying to get something out of me and you don't even know me now. And I'm supposed to put my name on the line for someone I do not even know. Whereas the individuals who I can make connections with, I end up making friends with. And those are the people that if something hits the fan, they need someone to vent to, whether it's in the professional space and, you know, they need to take a step back and just get it out. I've been there for, and they've been there for me. If it's someone I need advice uh, like to, hey, you know, when I wanted to work for Lockheed Martin, I'd been part of the um, state of Connecticut supply chain chapter. And I was looking for a job and my ideal job was working for Lockheed Martin, but it was also during COVID. And the connections I was making, you know, none of them, I was building no one had space available they'd all tell me we'd love to have you on the team within the company but we're not hiring and one individual who sat on the board with me one day had a call with me and he goes what what do you want where do you want to work you have the skills where do you want to work and i said lockheed martin he goes i have a connection i'm gonna make a call i'll go to bat for you and so that person made the call from that person. I had a one-on-one -on -one call with the person he connected me with. And she goes, I'll find a space. She goes, give me, send me your resume. Now, what I didn't know at that time was that specific individual was the VP of the part of the organization, demand and asset planning. So not only did she receive my resume for our head location, she sent my resume to every Lockheed Martin in the Northeast. So all of a sudden, people received my resume at a higher level. And I started getting emails that this person went to bat for me. They had an amazing conversation with me. And if something opened up, would they call me? Well, you know what happened? They started calling just to have the conversation with me. And over time, I found my spot within Lockheed and was able to grow. But 
it all stems from being able to have that connection with someone and not that one off connection, but the connection of continuous growth, the connection of checking in and making sure they're doing okay. That's a great story. Thank you for sharing. I've always thought of, you know, networking as giver's gain, right? Like that guy did something for you, right? He gave you the, you know, the introduction. And now as a result, you're probably trying to find ways to, you know, to help him out unsolicited, right? Like I, I always think of it that way. Like if someone does something nice for me, I want to thank them however I can, right? And it, maybe it's a business opportunity or something else, who knows? But uh, it's just a natural human instinct, I think. Well, Olivia, I think we're up against the time. So thank you so much for, for coming on today. If people want to read the book, they can find it where? They can find it on my website, achieving-success.com. They can find out, find it at kendallhuntpublishing.com's website by searching Achieving Success in Career Development. It's also on Amazon um, as well. And I'm sure that the podcast is available on all the uh, usual suspects. Do you, have, do you have a favorite? So we're streaming on every single platform that's out there. There's actually a new platform coming out and we even got asked to be on that one. So literally anywhere you can find a, a podcast or listen to it, we are on, including YouTube. My three favorites to always say is iTunes, Spotify, and YouTube, um, because I feel like all of us know one of those and know where to find those three platforms. Very good. And check out episode three with Erica Ox. Yes. Thank you so much, Olivia. Thank you for having me. Peak Wealth Management thanks you for watching and listening to the Trust the Plan podcast featuring certified financial planners Nick Hopwood and Jim Pilot. If you enjoyed our program, please subscribe and share. If you'd like to learn more about our services, please visit peakwm.com peakwm.com today. See you next week.